discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. We give you glory, we give you praise. Thank you, Father, for the power of your word. There's nothing that you cannot do through your word. Thank you that this year our lives and our daily activities are filled with your word. Thank you for fruits, fruitfulness on every sphere of our lives. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may take your seats in heavenly places. Yes, so we are still sharing on the word of God, isn't it? This is a year of what? A year of the word of God. A year of the word of God. A year of the word of God. We are looking at various things that the word of God does for us. Hallelujah. And I don't know if you were blessed last week. I don't know if you were blessed. But I shared, I started sharing on how that the word of God is your wisdom. It makes sense by this shall all the nations of the world know your wisdom. By the way, they shall know your wisdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say by the word of God. By the word of God. They will know my wisdom. You know what? If if you mention Steve Jobs, um, what is the main thing that comes to your mind when you mention Steve Jobs? Apple. That is what Steve Jobs is known by. Isn't it? That is what he's known by. By that he got, he had his prosperity. By that he had his fame. By that he had his popularity. By that he had every single thing that he has now. Okay? Even though he's passed on to glory. So God is saying that you too, when it comes to you, by, by the word of God, they will know your wisdom. The nations of the world will get to know your wisdom by the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I started sharing on that. Just to, for, for the last, uh, last Sunday and even during the text first service, I, I was trying to show you the various benefits, various things that the word of God does to us. Okay? Various things. I've mentioned so many things. Wisdom, it, it didn't pass on to us. Wisdom, it didn't pass on to us. Faith, it didn't pass on to us. The glory of God, the grace of God, the peace of God. I don't know if you know, you remember, I spoke about the ministry of the word and what the, mini, the word of God does for you as the word of God is preached. Do you see? I spoke about how that the word of God is the power of God. The word of God is the power of God. The word of God is what brings you healing. Okay? Yeah, that's what brings you victory. He sent forth his word and healed them. Isn't it? So all the word of God does a lot of things for us. Lots and lots of things. There's nothing that God can do outside of his word. Amazingly. Bible says that he has exalted his word above what? 
all his necessary food. That's what Job said. But the, the Bible mentions concerning God how that God himself is submitted to his own word. He's subject to his own word. Yeah, in God's sovereignty, he is controlled by his own word. What God has said he to go back on. I see what I'm talking about. So God doesn't joke with his word, and neither should we. We are born of the word, but then we must consume the word in order to be made to, to be full of the word of God. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? So today I want to start showing you the process of eating the word of God. You see, the process of eating the word of God. Because in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16, the Bible mentions that it says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. Isn't it? Look at it. It says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. The word of God has an ability to bring you joy and bring you rejoicing. It brings you joy and brings you rejoicing. Joy that is not dependent on happenings. The word of God can make you excited throughout the day. There's something inside the word. And on 31st, I was trying to show you how that the word of God, as we see it there, has its own inherent ability. You don't need to do anything to it. It has its own inherent ability. There's something inside the word because of the breath of God that is inside the word. Do you remember? I spoke of the breath of God in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Okay? 15 and 16. Let's look at it. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Today I'm supposed to start from there. So let's read from verse 14. 2 Timothy 3. It says, but continue that in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Then verse 16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So that I, I explained what inspiration meant. Inspiration of God. It means the breath of God. The blowing of God. Okay? And it has to do with blowing into an instrument, a musical instrument to make a distinct sound. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah, I mentioned all those things. If you don't remember, you have to get the messages and listen to them. Last week, I tried to explain to you why you must listen to the word of God that your father is sharing. If you say, I'm your father, you must be hearing me. You have to be hearing what I'm saying. I'm not talking about how nice my clothes are and how nice my shoes are. I'm talking about the word of God. I'm speaking the word of God. Yeah. On the podcast, you will hear the word of God. Yeah. You can pause me and control me on the podcast. Yes, there's nothing. You can just pause, reverse, come forward, go into the middle. I mean, when you hear the word of God for, for the first time, you, don't, you, you may lose some things. So actually, it's advisable to make notes when you are hearing the word of God a second time. Actually, yes. To make notes when you are hearing it the second time. Because the first time when you are hearing it, it's like it's too fast. You say this, you say this, you say this, so you must receive it with your spirit. Then when you get home and you get the message, you sit down, you start making notes. That is how you get to know what has been said proper, proper. Yeah. I remember the things I, I, I know because I, I have notes that I've written through messages that I've listened to. As I'm listening to the message, I'm writing notes. I'm putting things down. I pause the thing so I can take time and write what I want to write. Then I'll continue the message. That's how we do it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Since all scripture is given by inspiration, the, the breath of God. God has breathed his emotions. And I spoke about the emotions of God being involved. Inspiration has to do with the emotions of God. The Greek meaning has to do with the, bringing your emotions on, 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 on uh, to the bear to, uh, or to the fore. Do you understand? Yeah. So God's emotions are inside his word. I'm talking about the logos. The written pages that you're seeing. 
There's something inside it. That is why there's a difference between reading the Bible and reading newspapers. When you read newspapers, the feeling you have is different from when you read the Bible. It's not the same. Newspapers can make you depressed. They make they, they can make you lose lose uh, all hope for any good thing happening in life. They can introduce fear into your heart. But the word of God is not like that. As you are reading the word of the, just the pages, it does something to you because the pages are pregnant with God Himself. The living word, I, I, if you remember very well, I'm just trying to remind you of what I said on 31st. Yeah. I spoke about the living word, isn't it? Yeah. Which is Christ Himself. The revelation of the Godhead is the living word. It became a person and His name was Jesus Christ. Okay? Then I spoke about the written word being the expression of the living word, the explanation of the living word. How that the living word is the dialect of God, is the language of God, if you remember. Yeah, so I use Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. God, who has sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in time past to our fathers, as in these last days, spoken to us in his son. And I explained to you how that the his is not there. It's actually in son. Mm? Look at the, uh, the ASV, if you have it, of this verse. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. I'm just trying to do a recap. You have BBA. Okay, let's see. It says, but now at the end of these days, it has come to us through his son. This one also says through. But the ASB will let you know in, in his son. And the word his in the Greek is actually not there. Okay, so God has spoken to us in son. That's the original rendering. It's like he's spoken to us in son. You see, and it looks, it looks like it's not correct English. But actually it is correct English. He's talking about the dialect, the son being the being the dialect of God or the language of God. If I say, if I say when we went for class today, the lecturer spoke in Spanish. Am I wrong? Or he spoke in Ga, or he spoke in Chi. I'm not wrong. I've said the right thing because I'm talking about language. So Christ is the language of God. You see, he says, but in the last of these days, he has spoken to us in the person of a son. You see, in the person of a son, but it's in son. He's spoken to us in son. So the son is the dialect of God. It's the language of God. Yes, he that the one who has heard me has heard the Father. Do you understand? Yeah, he is the language of God. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the Aleph and the Tev, the beginning and the end. He is the A and the Z of God's language. Okay? Yeah. Jesus said that. He says, search the scriptures. For in them you think that you have it, you have eternal life. But they are they are them that speak of me. The scriptures are the revelation of Christ. It is the photo album of Christ Himself. So everything in the Bible speaks of Jesus Christ. Are you see what I'm talking about? Yes, the word of God as printed is the revelation of the living word. And Jesus, the living word, is a revelation of the Godhead. So you can't know the you can't know the Godhead without knowing the word. Jesus, the revelation of the Godhead, is not here with us physically. Where is he? He's with us in the word. Are you seeing it? Yeah. So if you if you extract the word out of your life, there's nothing that God can do to help you. God can do anything, absolutely nothing to help you. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? Yes, Pastor. Yeah. So we we we've spoken about so many things. How that we must know the word. Okay. And uh, that's, that's what I want to talk to you about today. Know the word. Know the word. Okay? You must know the word. Say, I must know the word. So, there are three things I want to talk about in the next two weeks. Okay? 
The first one is know the word. The second one is meditate on the word. The third one is speak the word. You remember the last time we were supposed to, on the space I mentioned, the living word, the written word, and then the spoken word. Okay, the spoken word. Now, the living word and the written word are known through these two means. Or eating the word has to do with knowing the word and meditating on the word. These two things is what constitutes eating the word. Okay? Jeremiah said what? Thy words were found and I did eat them. In Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 2. Look at Ezekiel 2, 1 and 2. King James. And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet and I will speak unto you. Look at the next verse. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me. As he spake unto me, the Spirit entered into me and set me upon my feet that I heard them, I heard him that speak unto me. Have you seen it? As the word of God comes to you, there's a spirit that enters you and sets you on your feet to do what the word of God says. It's called the grace of God. Grace is imparted to you to do what the word of God is saying. Okay? Now, go to chapter 3, verse 1. Chapter 3, verse 1. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll. Eat this roll. He's talking about the word of God. He says, eat the word of God. And go speak unto the house of Israel. You can't speak unto the house of Israel. Or you can't speak for things to happen. You can't speak unto nations until you have eaten the word. You have to eat the word. It is something every child of God must engage himself or herself intentionally in. Your success as a child of God is dependent on your eating the word of God. It's, it's too important. We can all be in church. We can all be jumping and laughing and doing, having all the Christian jargons. But if you go home and you don't sit on the word, you may not have the result that every other person may be having. You can sow seeds as much as you want. You can, whatever, you can be prayed for as much as you'd like for us to pray for you. We can lay hands on you until you lose all your hair and become bowed. Still, nothing will change because the only means of change is God's word. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is the, it is the means of change. And you must eat the word. You must eat the word. How? Number one, by knowing the word. You must be intent on knowing the word. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. You remember, I just read that to you a few seconds ago, isn't it? Now I, want, now, I want us to focus on verse 15 because I'm showing you how to eat the word. Okay? He says, and that from a child, thou has known the Holy Scriptures. He's talking to Timothy. He says, you have known from a child thou has known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. You have known. The Greek word is I do. It means to be aware, to, to have sight of, to hear, to see, to understand, to be with. You have known the holy scriptures. So Timothy was not bereft of the scriptures. Timothy was aware of the scriptures. He had contact with the scriptures. He had access to it. Okay? Yes, says, thou has known the scriptures. And how from a child who you have had a knowledge of and been acquainted with the sacred writings. You must have knowledge of. You must be intent. This year, you must be intent that I will know the word. What do you think about what I'm saying? I will know the word. Slap your chest and say, me. I will know the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will know the word. word. Timothy knew the word. He says, you have known the scriptures, which are able. 
the ability of the scriptures doing the things that he says can do for you is dependent on your knowing the scriptures. You must know the scriptures. Look at Acts chapter 18, verse 24. Acts chapter 18, verse 24. It's something that all those who had in, you know, Timothy, Timothy's mother was a Jew and his father was a Greek or a, 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 a Gentile. Okay? But his mother was a Jew. This guy we are coming to mention, Apollos, was a Jew as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'll, after this, I'll show you something about the two of them. He says, and at a certain, and a certain Jew named Apollos, you see, it's even specific, a certain Jew. Why? Because of some things that the Jews are taking through to know the scriptures. He says, and a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures came to Ephesus. He was mighty in the scriptures. You must decide this year that I am going to be mighty in the scriptures. No, listen. I've been, I've been telling you that, you see, unless you are not part of what we are doing, if you are part of what we are doing, you should know that this is what God says you should do. God says this year, eh? eat my word, know my word, because it's the year of the word of God. Use my word for your victories. Use my word for your successes. Without my word, you will not be successful. Do you understand? Use my word to sow certain seeds for yourself this year. That's what we are trying to help you with. We are, we are trying to help you with how to handle the word. The first instruction God is giving to us is that. It's the word. How? Be intent. Know the scriptures. Be, decide that this year I'm going to be mighty in the scriptures. Do you understand my, why we say someone is mighty in something? The guy is an authority. He knows what he's talking about. When we say Isaiah chapter 4 verse 5, he knows what is there. When we say Genesis 6 verse 17, he knows what is there. He knows, like when we talk about Genesis, no, he understands that there's something, this is what is happening in Genesis. When we say Abraham is here, Isaac is here, Jacob is at this particular point. Do you understand? If I should ask you, where, where does Abraham's story start from? You realize that you are bereft of that. You are bereft. You are bereft of that information. You are Abraham knowledge free. Eh? You, you, are, you are free. You are, you are free from that knowledge. It is not good for your health. Yes. Because the Bible says that if you find the scriptures, they are health. They are medicine to all your flesh. It is not good for you. If we ask you, where does Noah's, Noah's Ark, where is Noah's Ark sitting in the Bible? Like Noah's Ark, no, no. Where is it? Where is it in the Bible? You realize that you are buried of Noah's Ark. How can Noah's Ark carry you when it comes, the day it comes? How can it carry you? Do you, like, do you, you think it's sunken on a mango tree somewhere? This guy was mighty. He was mighty in the scriptures. Mighty in the scriptures. That's the first thing. So this year you must decide that, Charlie, me, I'm going to read the Bible. Tell me, but as you are seeing me like this, you'll be shocked. I'll be reading the Bible. Yeah. You have to. You have to decide. Like, 
Instead of watching Facebook so many times. Reading Twitter. All kinds of Yesterday, I was with some people yesterday. And for about six hours, okay, one of them was on her phone for six hours. No joke. I'm not joking with you. Yes. She was having a retreat with her phone. She was watching Instagram pictures, Facebook, uh, uh, Twitter, Snapchat. She'll go WhatsApp. She'll go and come, go and come. I'm not joking. Six hours. I'm not joking with you. I mean what I thought. Even probably, probably even more than that. Yes. She's mighty in Facebook and social media. Yes. It's a very serious thing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Mighty in the scripture. And the Bible says a Jew. A certain Jew. And I mentioned to you how that Timothy was a Jew. He had Jewish blood. He was, his mother was a Jew. Yeah. His mother was a Jew. If you read Acts chapter 16, you see it. Acts, let's look at it about Timothy so that you understand what I'm saying. Acts chapter 16, verse 1. Then came he to Debbie and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman which was a Jewess. Female Jews, Jewess. <laughs> which was a Jewess. And believed, but his father was a Greek. Have you seen it? Yeah, he was a Jewess. The mother was there. So he had Jews blood in his system. Why? Why are they saying that? It's because the Jews are taking through some things to get to know the scriptures. As soon as a Jew becomes six years old, his education to know the scriptures begins. Because they know how important the scriptures are. So they decide that you start learning it from age six. And guess what? From age six to age 12, you have, you are taken through a process called the Betsefa, a school called the Betsefa. Okay? Betsefa school. B-E-T-S-E-F-E-R. Betsefa. And Betsefa school has to do with learning verbatim, word to word, from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, to Deuteronomy chapter whatever, the last verse. You are getting to know all the Torah, the five books of Moses. You must be able to recite them. Without even one. In fact, you are disqualified from going ahead if you don't get it. So for them to say that Apollos was mighty in scriptures, they knew what we were talking about. Yes. When it comes to Genesis to Deuteronomy, age 6 to 12. How old are you? You are multiple. You are 12 times something. 12 times 2. 6 times something. Hey. Age 6 to 12. Hmm? Age 6 to 12, you must know Genesis to Deuteronomy. Everything. Word to word. If you remember, when Jesus turned 12, they took him to the temple. Do you remember? Uh -huh. So at age 12, they take you to the temple to be examined by the scribes. To know whether you know. So they sit down, you stand, and then you, you start reciting. If you make a mistake, you have missed it. You are not going to continue. Yeah. In Jesus' case, listen, in Jesus' case, Jesus had so learned the scriptures that, you see, during Bethsefer, the scribes sit for the student to stand. But in Jesus' case, the scribes were standing and Jesus was sitting. Because what he so knew it that they had to stand. 
and he he sat. Yes, he was saying so many things. Not because he was the son of God, but because he had learned. He had learned. Let's examine that scripture. The way I look at him, it's like it's not true. That or oh, it's because Jesus was the word of God. That is how come. Look for look for it for us. Look for it for us. When they took him to the temple, it's not part of my notes, but because I mentioned it, let's check it out. He says, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feasts. After the custom of the feasts. Okay? And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tied behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a, a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and, and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, three long days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. Next verse. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. They were astonished. Twelve-year-old, do you understand? They were astonished. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Next verse 49. And he said unto him, How is it that you sought me? Wish you not. Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And they carried him away. But you see, <laughs> what I want you to know is in the verses before this. It says, And all that heard him were astonished. At his understanding and answers. Let's read other versions. You'll see what I'm talking about. And all who heard him were astonished and overwhelmed with bewildered wonder at his intelligence and understanding and his replies. Twelve years. Not because he was uh, he was the son of God. He had learnt. What being mighty. At age 12. So that was the first side. Then the second side was age between age 12 and if you qualify Betsefa or Betsefa, then they move you to the next level, which is age 12 to 15. And between age 12 and 15, you are supposed to go through something called the Bet Midrash. Bet Midrash. B-E-T-M-I-D-R-A-S-H. Bet Midrash. And Bet Midrash has to do with starting to cram and know from Joshua. All the way to Malachi. So by age 15, you know the whole of the Old Testament. 15, 1, 5. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. That this year, God wants you to become a bet midrash, bet, bet something. No, at least by the end of the year, when we say, turn your Bible to Hezekiah chapter 5 verse 4. At least you can put your hand inside and find Hezekiah for yourself. Because you are when you check your life, you realize that you don't know where Hezekiah is in the Bible. Even when you look at the table of contents, you still can't open it in your Bible. After after opening table of contents and looking for it, you still can't. No, it's bad. If you don't know where the pages of the Bible are, how can you even get into it? So you must make a conscious effort. And right now your brain is developed so you can catch things very quickly and very easily if you are intent on it. So you must be intent. That Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Samuel, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Sam, Proverbs, Exodus, Samuel, Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentation, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Amos, blah, 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 blah. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Rome. I mean, you must know. You must make a conscious effort that I know that this one comes after this. From here, you go to this place. From here, you go to this place. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, uh-huh. A child of God who is bereft. You are bereft. Do you understand bereft? Do you understand bereft? What does it mean? To be bereft of something has to do with having no knowledge of. You are so re- relaxed, relaxed. You are clueless. You don't know. Just say you don't. You've not even heard it. You don't know what it says. You don't. You are. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then the last level for Jewish education is called Bet Talmud. Okay, Bet Talmud, and that is from age fifteen to thirty. That is when you become a disciple. So after all that, after getting to know the scriptures, then you are allowed to become a disciple. Without that, you can't be a disciple. You have to become a fisherman or something. So Peter, Peter didn't qualify. Yeah. The sons of Zebedee didn't qualify. Yes. But by the association of Jesus, they so learned the scriptures. Yes. Because Jesus had something for them to learn the scriptures. Okay. Yeah. He took them through. Let me show it to you. They were fishermen. You are... Paul was not a fisherman, never. Because Paul went through and became a doctor of the law. He went through all the stages and became a doctor of the law. Yes, yes. 6 to 12 he passed. 12, uh, uh, 12 to 15 he passed. Then 15 to 30 he passed. Yes, and became a teacher, a rabbi, a doctor of the law. That was how Paul was. But the rest of the disciples were not like that. Yes, yes, yes. They didn't pass. So some of them were task collectors. Some of them were fishermen. They were com- common men. Until Jesus called them. Yes. And raised them with his own curriculum. And they became wild people. So in Acts chapter 4, look at Acts chapter 4. After Peter had spoken in front of the doctors of the law, they couldn't believe it. Look at verse 13. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now, when they saw the bonus, I remember all the people they were talking to were the masters of the law. They were the masters of the, of, of the scriptures. They knew. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. Yes, they were unlearned and ignorant men. Why were they unlearned and ignorant? They didn't pass. They marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. When they saw their boldness, eh? when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and Peter, that they were unlearned and ignorant men. Because right now they were speaking as learned and men who had knowledge. Are you seeing it? Yeah. So this year, you must decide. In fact, make that decision today, today, today before you go. Make, the, make it right now that shall it mean when it comes to me, I'm going to be learning the word. Yeah. I'm going to have the word of God on my phone and be checking it out every now and then. I mean, you should, be, you should be reading chapters of the Bible. Don't say, oh, I'm just reading it. There's something in it, and that's what I want you to see. To see. Okay? That's what I want you to see today. Why you must just read the Bible. You must read the Bible. You must have plans of just reading the Bible. Okay? I mean, as you are sitting in a Trotsky, they are taking you somewhere. The car is moving like that. You see, it's like nothing is really happening because you are in transit to a particular place. The automatic thing that happens to us these days is that you take your phone and you start looking at Facebook. You start looking at Instagram or you, by force chatting or something like that. Uh, that is a time where you should be referring to scriptures. You should take it and you are reading John chapter 1 verse 1. I just reading. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. All things were made by Him. Nothing was made that was made. Hmm? In Him was life, and life is the light of men. Then you are just going on like that. Reading, you read John. I, I read the Bible a lot through that means. Yeah. I read the Bible a lot through that kind of reading. When I'm in transit, when I, there's nothing happening, I just take it. I can just read seven chapters. I can read the whole of Colossians right now. As for those ones, those most of Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians, the Shenshens. Oh, sharp. Just read it. Pa, 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 pa. You have read it. And it's a bit, sometimes people wonder, ah, how come you know this one is here, this one is here, this one is here. I know because I've been reading it. I've been reading it. I've, I'm intent on it. I want to know. I mean, like, what is in Acts chapter 20? What is in Acts chapter 20? Can I ask you what is in Acts chapter 20? Yeah. Amplified of this. Let's read the Amplified of this. Acts chapter 4 verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness and unfettered eloquence of Peter. Unfettered eloquence of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and untrained in the schools. Common men with no educational advantages. No, they were bereft of education. Meaning that they didn't even start the bet, the bet, the bet, uh, suffer. They didn't even start. They didn't even start. They were so dark that when your father by a six, they were like, oh, this is fishermen. Let's, let's just dive into the sea. And you know that you start fishing when you're a child. Like, you must be able to enter the, to go and down, down, down to go and take the, put the nets down there and all. You, you, six years old. Yeah. Put them down there. It's not a small thing. They marveled and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Jesus had imparted them. Yes. They had learned. Are you seeing it? Yeah. So you get, you become a disciple. Before you can become a disciple, and you see, discipleship has to do with uh, the word disciple is mathetis. That's a Greek word, mathetis. And from that word, we get the word mathematics. Okay. A disciple is one who follows the formula of his rabbi. Of his rabbi, you follow the formula. The disciples were expected to sleep like the rabbi sleep, walk like the rabbi walks, eat like the rabbis eat, and think like the rabbis think. That was what they were expected to to be. Now, before you can even start doing that mimicking, eh, mimetes uh, is the same word from which we get the word mimetes, and mimetes is following. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. The word follow is mimetes, to mimic. You can't start mimicking God if you have not known the scriptures. In other words, you can't, there's a certain kind of results you can produce if you don't know the scriptures. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So how are we going to do it? Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20. Reading has to do with two things, isn't it? Reading has to do with engaging your eyes. Isn't it? Engaging your eyes, engaging your mind. Apart from that, another way to having knowledge of the scriptures is by hearing it. Okay, so two things, hearing and seeing. These are the two means by which you can know the scriptures. You must hear the scriptures and you must know the scriptures. It means that you must expose your ears to the scriptures. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Says, my son, attend to my words. Then he says, incline your ears unto my sayings. Incline your ears unto my sayings. Next verse. Let them not depart from thine eyes. 
keep them in the midst of thine heart. So the last one you engage is the heart, and that one has to do with meditation. So I'll talk about it the next time I pick it up. Okay. I'm sharing concerning eating the word, and I'm talking about how that you eat the word through knowing the word. How do you know the word? By hearing the word and seeing the word. One has to do with reading. The other one has to do with hearing, listening. Do you understand? Yes, Pastor. Let's pick the first one. It says, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Then it says, for they are life to those that find them. It's not everybody who finds them. Uh, next verse. Verse 20, 20. Yes. For they are life unto those that find them. And medicine to all their flesh. And health to all their flesh. The word of God has healing abilities. Okay? It has health abilities. Let me show you a scripture. Just to talk about this particular thing. Okay. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. The word of God as it is, the Bible that you have in your hand, has healing powers, healing prowess embedded in there. Okay? It says, for the word of God is quick. And the word, word of God there, the word word there is logos. He's talking about the written word, the written pages. The logos of word. The amplifier says the word that God speaks. And the word that God speaks is what is captured in the, in the logos. Okay? It says the word of God is alive. The word that God speaks is alive and full of power. Making it active. So, the way it is, it has power inside there. Power, inherent power. For what purpose? Go back to King James. Let me show it to you. It says, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. That's the first thing it does. It can help you know what, you see sometimes as a child of God, you will say, I know some people who always say, God told me. They say it regularly. I was talking to one of our sisters in one of our churches recently. I realized she says it a lot. God said, God said, God said. I called her and said, please stop saying God said. Because more than 90% of what you are saying that God said is actually from your soul. It's from, it's your own self talking to yourself. Your mind is talking to you. Okay? Yeah. So it's so difficult to differentiate between the soul and the spirit. What the soul is saying and what your human spirit is saying. So difficult. The only way to differentiate between what God is saying to you. It's a confusion that a lot of children of God have. How do you know that this is what God is, whether this is what God said to me, whether it's not my mind or it's just, it's God. Depending on how purified and how renewed your soul is, your soul will release to you the word of God. Your soul renew, but you can't trust your soul until your soul is renewed to a certain extent. You can't trust your soul. Okay? Uh-huh. But the word of God is what helps you decipher what is from your spirit and what is from the from from your soul. So the word of God is the key to knowing that this one is from God. What do I mean? When you hear something coming from you or something coming from within, you hear something. Marry this person. Check from the scriptures what the scriptures say concerning. Because people have gone to propose to people and say that God said I should come and propose to you. I mean, you like the thing, what has that got to do with God? The thing already you like. And we are aware that you like. So stop stop letting God come into the thing. Leave God out of it. He has nothing to do with it. It is your mind that is talking to you. So the way to know is to check the scriptures. What does the scripture say concerning this particular thing? You must go into the pages of the scripture. You must not be a lazy Christian and say that, oh, this thing. Get into, if you want to know whether it is from God or not, check the scriptures. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So it does that. It's, it says it divides asunder the soul 
and the spirit. Then the other thing is that it's also divides asunder the joints and the marrow. It has the edge of an operating knife. Okay? Operating knives are very sharp. You touch now, it just cuts neat lines. It's sharper than even that particular knife. Yet the, the, the word of God has operating abilities. It can operate you. So this particular one says joints and marrows. He's not talking about spiritual things. The first one has to do with spiritual things. Soul and spirit is spiritual. But the other one, joints and marrow, has to do with your bones, your physical life. Your physical life. If you've noticed, okay, from the doctors and from science, we know that the bone marrow, eh, the bone, he's talking about bone marrow, joints and marrow, bone marrow, that is the source of the red blood cells. And that's the source of the white blood cells, isn't it? All those things are produced from there. I did some small science in school. They are all produced from there. So he says that the word of God can renew your blood, renew your red blood cells, renew your white blood cells, and cause you to live a wonderful, beautiful, healthy life. The word of God, as it is, as you inject it through reading and hearing it, as you are hearing, that's why all those who are into the word look younger than their normal ages. How old do you think Pastor Chris is? Pastor Chris is not a small boy. He's, he's not a small boy. He was born in 1961. Do you know 1961? Calculate. How old is he? How old will he be this year? He'll be 58. He'll be 58 this year. He looks younger. No, gray hair is actually a sign of your wisdom. So gray hair doesn't mean that you are old. It's a sign of your wisdom because you can be a 30 year old and all your hair will be gray. Uh-huh. But I'm talking about the visage. Look at what he said concerning Moses. Moses at age one to age, the Bible says that he was he stood upright. He was not bent. Why? Because he was exposed to the word of God. Naturally speaking, as you grow up, your muscles begin to finish and your bones begin to dry. Am I lying? That's why older people look slimmer. They are smaller. It dries up. But the word of God has an ability to cause your bone marrow to produce as supposed to and cause your bones to be strong. Yeah. So if you want to maintain your your youthfulness. You need to be exposed yourself. Just expose yourself to hearing the word. Expose yourself to seeing the word. Just, just do that. Do you know how old Joyce Meyer is? How many of you know Joyce Meyer? Joyce Meyer is almost 80 years old. Kenneth Copeland is 81. Yes. Joseph Prince is 58. Joseph Prince is 58. Yes. Yes. Fifty-eight. You are surprised. Yes. Joel Austin is fifty-eight. Yes. They are all in the same class. Yes. They are not. If you like, Google it. I'm not lying. Either fifty-eight or fifty-six. They are. Some of them are sixty-three, sixty-one. Bishop Doug is fifty-six. Bishop Doug is sixty-three. Yes. Bishop Oedipo is sixty-five. Yes. He's not seventy. Do you know Adeboye? Adeboye is 79. Check it and see. Strong, bouncing. It's because of the healing abilities, the health abilities of the word of God. It's natural. As you expose yourself to it, it just works on you, on you medically. Let me, let me show you. The Bible says, a merry, a merry heart. Can I help you with these things? It's not part of my notes, but as I'm going... Proverbs 17, 22. Uh-huh. This one. And Mary had do it good like medicine. 
like a medicine. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. A broken spirit dries the. He's, he's not talking about spiritual bones. He's talking about physical bones. It dries up the bones. Uh-huh. Proverbs seventeen twenty two message. A cheerful disposition is good for your health. Gloom and doom leave you bone tired. It dries up your bones. Okay, it dries up your bones. And how can you have a merry spirit? Go back to the King James. I've been telling you all this well. A merry heart do it good like a medicine. How can you have a merry heart? A joyful heart. It's through the word. Jeremiah 15, 16. Same place. Jeremiah 15, 16. What does it say? Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy. Your word was the joy and rejoicing of my heart. It's only the word of God that will tell you rejoice. And again I say rejoice. It will tell you rejoice evermore. Since a merry heart, that's what? What does a merry heart do? It's good for your health. But a broken spirit will dry up. It will dry up the bones. So if you want to maintain your health, and if you want to grow strong, just not, not, not even just get to the word. He says the word of God is medicine, is health to all their flesh, is health to all their bones. It has something that they can do to your head, to your mental health, do something to your bones, to your muscles, to your bladder, to your liver. It's sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to the divine. It can operate on you, cause you to have newness, renew yourselves regularly, yeah, faster than normal. Your husband died at age 86, I think. He was moving around. Moving around as though nothing was happening. He looked like a small boy. Always full of joy. That's what the word of God does. Billy Graham. Old! That's just for somebody. It's just in passing. So, Proverbs 4, 20, 20 once again. Let's start examining what we can do. Okay, I, I'm, I want to help you with how to consume the how to eat the way. The how. It's important. Sometimes we know what to do, but we don't know how to do it. So we want to help you with how to do it. So how do I do it? First of all, he says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ears unto my sins. My, your ears. So your ears must be exposed to the word of God. So just put the word of the message on. Put a message on. That's why I was talking about the podcast. Put the podcast on. Put a message on. Put the message on. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why is your environment quiet? There are a lot of bad thoughts that enter your head because there's, there are no messages playing around you. Your ears are exposed to Peace FM, to Joy FM. Namuan is going to kill you. You are always thinking about men's goal. Hallelujah. Open your ears, literally, like literally hear the word. That's how to get the word inside you. That's how to consume the word. You consume the word through your gate of hearing. It's an entrance into your system. Okay, people talk about gates, even though it's not specifically written in the Bible, but you realize that ah, these things minister things to your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, they minister things to you. Your touch. You can, you can, you can contract cold through your touch. Yeah, you can contract Ebola through your touch. It enters from your skin. It enters into your body. Viruses get into your body through your skin. They get inside. So they are entry points into your body. Your ears is an entry point. 
You are hearing things that you are not supposed to hear. Yeah, you are exposing yourself to things that drain you. That's why I don't listen to the news. I live in Kumas, but I don't know what is happening around. To be honest with you, because my car is always playing a message. Either a message or a song. A nice song that will help me, that will inspire me. Or a confession. We have confession CDs in our car. Plays over and over. If I'm traveling, I can play over. It's just playing, 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 playing. Not foolish songs. If you let foolish songs come in, you should know it will dry you up. So practically expose yourself to the word of God. Do you know that if you should be playing a message in your car, okay, two hours to work or two hours from work, and you play it continuously for one year, you can have a university university degree because you're exposing yourself to lectures. Two credit hours every day. Every single day. You'll be surprised. In fact, it's actually four credits because two in the morning, two in the evening. Yeah. If we check, you realize that you can you can get a university education, a university degree. Because you've exposed yourself to countless information. So practically get earplugs for yourself. You may not have a car. Receive your car in Jesus' name. Let me tell you something. Years ago, I used to have uh, I used to have um, uh, Blackberry. You remember that my black? We used that Blackberry for everything, for recording. That that Blackberry was our media. It was our media for recording, for typing things, for songs, everything. That black small Blackberry. And I was going to listen. I had so many messages on it. I needed space to get more messages. So I had every right to get another phone. I didn't have to pray for another phone. Another phone showed, showed up. If the things you are requesting for are things that you are not going to be using to do something with respect to the kingdom of God, God will not mind you. It may take a very long time. Why do you want a car? I'm giving you a reason why you should want a car. You should want a car because as you are driving, you can be hearing the word of God very easily. Do you understand? It's playing in your car. So when the car comes, don't dedicate the car to foolishness. Dedicate the car to God and to hearing his word. As you are sitting inside the car, messages are playing into your ears. Yeah. Podcast is on. Podcast has power. It has a lot of power. I'm telling you, you hear the message differently. Even when I listen to the podcast myself, I preach the when I listen to I hear things I don't know. Yes. I listen to my I don't preach to you, I preach normally to myself, not to you. So all the things I'm telling you, I'm actually telling it to myself. Very few people have that ability to preach to themselves. People preach to people. Yeah, people preach to people, but very few people have that. So you, someone sat in my car, playing my message, said, ah, why are you listening to your message? I, don't, I said, oh, my brother, it is also for me. I'm also part of the church. So this is what God addressed to the church. I must listen to what God has said to the church. Yes. So I don't know why you who didn't preach that thing, you will not listen to the thing. Yeah. Huh? It will do something to you. It will carry you to another level. Just hearing let me show you some of the things that happen as you hear the word, okay? Okay, let's read Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. Then we'll go to what, what it does to us, okay? Hearing. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Jesus was talking to everybody else in parables. And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Hmm? Jesus said, It is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. 
For whosoever has, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever has not, from him shall be taken away, even that he has. Therefore speak I unto them in parables, because they seeing, see not. Why? Because seeing is what will cause you to engage the kingdom of God. That is what will cause you to know the kingdom of God. It is unto them, it is not given that they should know the kingdom of God. The mission of the kingdom, but unto you it is given. It is because for them, seeing they see not, and hearing they hear not. Neither do they understand. Next verse. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, who said, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For these people's hearts is worse gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. So the reality is that their ears were dull of hearing. They were hearing, but they weren't really hearing. It was just worse to them. They were just in the system. They weren't hearing it. You can be in the church meeting as we are preaching it. You are hearing, but you are not really hearing what's going on. But when you hear it twice, it says, once have I spoken, twice have I heard. Once has he spoken, twice have I You must hear it over and over and over again. That's what opens you up. That's what makes your dullness of hearing become active. So that you can hear. It says, uh, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted. When you hear, you will be conver- your conversion is based on your hearing. It says, and I should heal them. Have you seen it? It's based on your hearing, just hearing, exposing yourself, just expose yourself. It's high, high grade power. Expose yourself to that power. You'll be surprised at what will be happening around you. Now, go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. This is practical. 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 It says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So you just hear the word of God, and the automatic thing that happens is that faith comes to you. Faith comes to you. And when faith comes to you, you are introduced into the realm of miracles, signs, and wonders. Galatians chapter chapter 3 verse 5. Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 5. It says, He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you. The one who works miracles amongst you and ministers to you the Spirit. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Meaning that as you hear, what is the hearing of faith? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, isn't it? So the hearing of faith is what leads you into miracles, signs, and wonders. Because faith comes to you. Two things, faith comes to you, miracles, signs, and wonders can happen very easily around you. Very, very easily. All because you have exposed your ears to the word of God. Let me show you something that Christians do that is not good. That we must change. We pray... First, we believe in prayer, but we don't believe in the word of God much. The reason is this. When a problem comes, when an issue comes, the first response is, let's pray about it. But that is not how it's supposed to be. Your first response is, let me find what the word of God says about it. Because faith, listen, faith is not active immediately. There was a day I sat in a plane, coming from Accra to Kumasi. Okay? And when I sat in the plane, the plane dropped. And I told God that I don't have faith for this thing. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? I don't have faith at this time to maintain this plane in the air. So put the plane down. Like, let's land carefully, peacefully, because I don't want to be stressed along the lines of faith, because faith is stressful. 
Faith is not a joke. Faith is a it's called the fight of faith. Faith is a fight. And you must be prepared for the fight. Let's say there's something happening to your health. The first thing that we do is that we pray about it. Let's pray. No. The first thing to do is to start hearing the word of God concerning your healing. That's the, that's the first thing you need to do. You must get messages along the line. The authorities in the body of Christ that have taught on healing. You must get messages on that. On what they have taught. And expose your ears to it. Okay? Hear and hear and hear and hear. As you hear, your faith will become active. Then you can speak. And something can happen. But if you are just talking, you now you know that as you are talking, you don't really have faith for what you are talking about. Have you ever experienced it before? The first point of call is the word. You must get the word inside. Um, let me share a testimony with you. We, we got a car for my father in the Lord last year, around this time. It was 8 January. He called me and said, oh, happy anniversary. I said, oh, what for? Then he said, happy anniversary. You got me a car a year, exactly a year ago. Thank you. God bless you. Now, the car, when we got the car for him, it started giving him problems after some few months. Amazingly. We did, a few weeks, we didn't know that the car had had an accident. It was now that we were finding out that the car had had an accident. Was, so, you know, we, bought, we bought it at a very expensive, almost 100,000 Ghana cities. And then one day, I think about... Four months into using the car, he says he was praying somewhere. He was waiting on God. And God told him that the car will give him problems that he can't solve in, in, this, in, in uh, 2019 if he doesn't change it. Like in 2019, if you don't change the car, you are done. It's going to worry you seriously. So he had to change the car. How do we change the car? He called me that, Charlie, this is what God is saying. So in my mind and in his mind, automatically I'm the one to change the car because it came through me so Charlie we must change that car do you get it yeah. that is the first that's so it has come that's the first thing that we Charlie what are we doing I said Papi let's see what let's see what the Lord will do then he also said let's see what the Lord will do but he, he knew that it's not really my responsibility it's his responsibility he must change the car so he decided that he was going to do something because he realized he didn't have faith to change the car there was no faith I mean, you can say, oh, the, the car will change. The car will change. The car will change. The car will change. Oh, we go change. We go do one. We go feed one. Oh, it go, go change. It go change. But, 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 you must know that you don't really have that. I mean, be honest with yourself. No, no, Charlie, this one. This one, I need some more time with the web. So, do you know what they did? He went on a three day exposure of the word of God concerning faith to change things faith to change things around you he started listening to messages reading books listening to three continuous days morning afternoon evening morning afternoon evening morning after three days after the three days he realized that still he doesn't have faith to declare that the car has changed so he continued for another three days Morning, afternoon, evening. That's the kind of diligence I'm talking about. Ken Higgins, Ken Higgins is, is the father of faith for our generation. Okay? He started in a certain light. Faith had always been there, but God used him to bring faith into the system in a certain way. And all of us are followed. Now, that man who brought the faith thing, there was a day his son was ill. You know what he did? He sat up throughout the night, reading healing scriptures. We read one hour, 
Do you think he didn't know that? He had written books concerning healing. But he would look for the scriptures and expose himself to the scriptures. Read it over to himself. Read it over to himself. One hour, then he'll sleep one hour. Wake up after another one hour. Read it over. Like that. Throughout the night. Then in the morning, he realized that he was satisfied and he had faith enough to pray for the boy. He prayed for the boy. Instantly, the boy stood up and started working. Yeah. He had a church member falling. The church member was working in an oil something. And he fell off a very high something and broke his back. His head was broken. Everywhere was broken. But that guy was major in his church. He needed him. He didn't know how he was going to replace him. So he sat by the guy's bed for four days reading scriptures to himself. To himself. To his hearing and to the guy's hearing. Even though the guy was in Kuma. He was reading it. God says this. God says that. God says this. God says that. After two days, he had a vision that the guy was in heaven and Jesus was sending him back that he should come back. Yes. Then he realized that the thing is okay. So he prayed for him and went home to go and sleep. Because he has seen something, he has had an evidence. He, miracle, signs and wonders. He has entered that particular arena. So he went to bed. And when he went to bed, the following day when he came, the guy was back out of the coma. And the guy said, hey, I saw, I saw, I actually died. I went to heaven. I saw Jesus. And Jesus said that he won't let me stay in heaven even though I wanted to stay. He said that my pastor needs me here quickly so I should come back. So he sent me back into the body. And after two weeks, the guy, the guy, uh, how do you call it? He, he recovered very quickly after two weeks. Broken bones, broken back, everything. We don't know what, they just, as they were administering the medicine, it was working. Everything was just working. And then he, he just became fine. Yeah, because the first point of call that man knew was to expose himself to the word of God. Back to Reverend George's case. He exposed, so after six days, he knew that this car, it will change. So he made the declaration. This car is changing in Jesus' name and went to bed. He didn't think about it again because if there's no faith, it will bother you. When you are saying, you are saying, oh, we are, this thing will change, but it's still bothering you. I'm preaching to myself. It will still be bothering you like... Hmm. You say, oh, it, it will be fine. Then you go home and you say, hmm. <laughs> because you know that, Charlie, that thing, you don't really have faith for it. You need some time to expose your ears to the word for faith to be ministered to you. He made that declaration and went to bed. Two months later, two months later, he drove another car the white one, the white car, that belongs to someone else, another man of God, to Cape Coast to go and have a, mini- a meeting there. So as we were having the meeting, he told Pastor Mike, you know Pastor Mike, he told him to go and buy something at the golfing station for him. When he went to buy the golfing station, the owner of that car that he was using, uh, did, who didn't know that he had brought the car to Cape Coast, saw the car in Cape Coast, and said, he met Pastor Mike and said, oh, Mike, Mike, ah, but what happened to Reverend's car? Why, why did you bring this one instead? He, didn't you bring his car? Then he said that, oh, Reverend's car, the shocks, it's really, it's not really. So he even called Pastor Tuck. That, oh. Then he said, oh, the shocks, it's not really good. Problems, it actually it was an accident car, we didn't know about it and all that. He said, oh, is that so? Okay, no problem. This car that he's driving now shouldn't leave his hand anymore. This car must stay in his house. Wow. He, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't know, they didn't tell him. So, he drove back to Accra. They left the car there and said that this car is not going anywhere anymore. We are coming to take the old one. So, they came to take the old the one we bought away. 
and left that one, which is twice the price, uh, 160,000 Ghana cities as a car that quite nice car, very nice, it's comfortable, everything is inside some, very nice car. That's how it changed. How? Faith. That's a miracle. It's a miracle. I mean, we didn't do anything, we just came. So you must be diligent with the word. I mean, if you want to walk and live by the thing, then if we say this is how we are going to succeed, then we should do it. What do you think? Yes, we should do it. We don't have any other hope anywhere. We should really do it. We should really be diligent about it and do something to make sure the thing works. Like, stay on the three, three days. If you realize you, you are not, go, just continue until it is formed in you. Then you can make the declarations. Stop making declarations that you know are not going to work. There are different, I've preached on it, there are different levels of God's, of the confessions of, of the word of God. Okay? Yeah, there are, diff- there are confessions you make to sustain what God has already done. Those ones, they are not difficult. You are sustaining what God has already done. But something you need created, you must create yourself. You must brood, first of all. And the brooding has to do with exposing your ears to the word. He says, the one who ministered to you the spirit and worked miracles among you. Do it he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. It is by the hearing of faith. Get tips, get books, get scriptures concerning the issue before praying. Take your time to find the word. Hmm? Take your time to find the word. There's no need to be in a hurry. Because the thing, if you must, if you misfire, the, the number of months or years you spend on that particular thing will be more than the time you spend hearing and forming the faith so that you can release the faith. Your faith must be active. And it's not always active. You know. It's not always active. Expose yourself to hearing. Are you seeing it? The other thing is your eyes. Your eyes. Say my eyes. Psalm 119 verse 18. Your eyes. Apart from exposing your ears. What did I say about the ears? Just hear. Just hear. It's as simple as ABCD. You think that's what you're hearing. It's doing nothing to you. It's ministering faith to you. It's ministering faith to you. It's ministering faith to you. Whether you know it or not, it's ministering something to you. It's educating you. It's making you a learned person in the scriptures. You'll be surprised at the number of scriptures you can take notice of. I know scriptures because I listen to I listen to the word. I told the pastors. I shared this with you, but I didn't go into details like I'm doing now. Yes. Because I know you are you are you guys are wild. You know already, so I don't have to go into it. Hallelujah. And I know you listen to this message. That's why I didn't share that with you. I told them that my number one way of knowing the scriptures is by hearing. Hearing. I listen to messages. To be honest with you. Even in my state, I feel it has reduced, so I need to raise it. So this I'm going to lift it some more. Yes. You think I know the Bible? I feel that I have reduced in listening to the word. Now I'm going to listen to it fully. Yes, fully. Look at this one. It says, open down my eyes. Hmm? Open down my eyes that I may behold wondrous things in thy word. Open down my eyes. Your eyes must be engaged. Your physical eyes must be engaged. So you need to see the word. Okay? You need to see. Say, I need to see the word. Hallelujah. I need to see the word. Your eyes must be opened to see the word. You have to see the word. These, your physical eyes, must be inside the Bible. Practically, that's how to eat the word. You eat the word by first of all hearing it. Secondly, reading it, looking at it. Open your eyes. Before this is Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, 21. I've, I've read it to you already. My son, incline thine ears unto my saying. Isn't it? 
as, first of all, attend to my words, incline thy ears unto my saying. Then he says what? Let them not depart from thine eyes. Don't let the word of God depart from thine eyes. Like you must have the word of God. Practically, you are reading it. And I've showed you already. Practically read it. Open the Bible and practically read it. Practically, you are reading the Bible. Okay? Or you don't like reading like an African child. Do you know an African child? How many of you know an African child? An African child is the one that does not like reading. We've gone to school, we can read, but we don't like reading. Why? Why don't we like reading? We don't like reading because it is boring. We like pictures. If you are reading a book and there are no pictures inside, you don't like. We are clearly African children. They say if you want to hide anything from the African, hide it in the book. Put it in the book. He will never read it. He will never read it. I mean, if you will not read any of any book, this book there we must read. Yeah. Because your life depends on it. Okay? So literally opening the Bible and reading it. No, ask me questions concerning where should I start? Just read the Bible. You don't have to read it when you understand it. No, understanding doesn't have anything to do with it. The first level is just to get the information in. Know the scriptures. Know. Have an idea of what's going on. Be aware of it. Read the book of Luke. Just read it. Open your eyes and read the book. Don't sleep. Open the thing and read it. Be practical. I mean, you want things to change? We can confess upon your life. Bless you with, with nonsense blessings. Yeah, like we are blessing with all types of blessings. The prophet is speaking with all kinds of things. If you don't have the word of God inside, forget it. He says, open down my eyes. As you are reading it, the Lord will open your eyes to behold wondrous things in his word. But it starts by reading. Open your eyes. Read it like this. As as you engage these physical eyes of yours. There's the eyes of your understanding. But the eyes of your understanding depends on your physical eyes. Your physical eyes first. Then the eyes of your understanding, which is the revelatory part of your, of your life, is activated as well. This scripture talks about the revelatory side. But the first one has to do with the physical eyes. Open like... Shine your eyes and watch the thing. Read the Bible. Like read the Bible. You are seeing the Bible. Or watch videos. I watch videos a lot. I learn more through videos than through audio. So I watch videos a lot. Okay? Yeah. Let me show you a scripture. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's read from verse 17. Ephesians 1, 17. This is Paul praying for the church. It's a prayer we need to pray for ourselves. This I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that you give you the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Then he shows you, you see that next day is colon, isn't it? What does colon mean? Colon means that what is coming is explaining what has been said. In other words, what has been said will show forth as you do this particular thing. Okay? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Okay? That's something to... It causes the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. To be enlightened. Now, how does that work? How does it work? How does the spirit of wisdom and revelation work? 
the sword of wisdom and revelation works through reading of the scriptures. Without reading the scriptures, the sword of wisdom and revelation cannot be activated. Okay? Okay, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's read from verse 11. Yeah. It says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Verse, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might what? We might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Then he says, Which things also we speak? Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. What are the things, the words which man's wisdom teacheth? Every single thing. Man's wisdom is, wisdom is tabernacled in books. Am I lying? Wisdom is primarily encapsulated in books. Doctrines are encapsulated in books. That is the, that is man's wisdom. It's in books. It's in, the wisdom of the person is in the book. Okay? He says, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. What are the words which the Holy Ghost teacheth? Where are those words found? How will you know the words that the Holy Ghost is teaching? Where are they found? Where? The Bible is the words which the Holy Ghost teacheth. I mean, practically, that is it. The words which the Holy Ghost teacheth is the word of God. So he says that, Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. How do I, what is he talking about? What the word of God that you're reading, as you read it, the Holy Ghost within you, who is spiritual, will compare what is inside there and confirm it for you that it is really him, it is really coming from him. We have not received the spirit of this world. We have received the spirit of God so that we might know, we might know the things that are freely given unto us. The Bible talks about how that says grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Where do you find, where is the knowledge of God? Is the knowledge of God just lying down somewhere? No, the knowledge of God is somewhere, is in the Bible. Wow. I see it. So the spirit of wisdom and revelation is engaged only through the scriptures. Only through the word of God. Because that is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is encapsulated in the Bible. That is the wisdom of God. So as you open yourself up and start reading the scriptures, he says, this is what can happen to you. So this is what happens when your eyes are exposed to the word of God. Okay? Yes, Pastor. Go back to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 now. He says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The eyes of your understanding. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The eyes of your understanding. Your understanding has eyes. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? The word understanding is dianoia. Okay? Dianoia. D-I-A-N-O-I-A. Dianoia. Now, there's another word for understanding. Okay. Understanding has to do with the mind, basically. Okay? That's what we say. Somebody say, do you understand? What are we talking about? What are we saying, do you understand? Do you have a mental putting together concerning what we are talking about? Then you say, yes, sir. Then you continue. It's talking about the mind. Now, he says that the mind you know, has eyes. Okay, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, and I'm saying that the word the word understanding is dianoia. There's another word for understanding which is dialogismos. Okay, that's a Greek for the Greek for the logical reasoning aspect of your mind, where you reason logically from. But dianoia has to do with the picture-taking aspect of your mind. The image forming aspect of your mind. That's dianoia. 
where images are formed. Okay? So probably other versions will say the eyes of your imagination. I don't know. Let's check the, uh, the Amplified and see if you say that. By having the eyes of your heart, this one says the eyes of your heart flooded with light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that you may understand the hope of which he has called you to. Let's read other versions. I don't know if other versions will say something else. Which one? Let's read. It says, I pray that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope. This one says heart. Let's change it. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it's, 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 it's calling for you. He's, it's, it's di- Am I lying? Is it not dianoia? Yeah. Is that not the Greek word? It's dianoia, right? What does it mean? The mind as what? As a faculty. This is TBT. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Have you seen it? The eyes of your imagination. It's, he's talking about your, your imaginative ability. If you read down concerning Dianoia, you see that it means imagination. What is he saying? He says, I pray that it will be enlightened. That's what your understanding will be being enlightened. The word enlightened there is fortizo. That's a Greek word. Fortizo. P-H-O-T-I-Z-O. Fortizo. To, it means to give light. To give light. Are you saying it? What he is saying is that as you read the scriptures, okay, let me show you something about the scriptures. Psalm 119 verse 130. 119 verse 130. The entrance of thy word, thy words, give it light and it giveth understanding unto the simple. The entrance of your word, give it light. So as you are looking at the word like this, that word that you are looking at is, is light. Is entering, is ministering light. Okay? And that light is falling on your dianoia. Giving it the fortizo effect. You see, there's something called fortizo effect in photography. When someone takes a photograph, it is the fortizo effect in science that makes it work. The light effect. Now, what is the fortizo effect? The fortizo effect is light from the outside, okay, coming into a particular uh, enclosed area to make impressions on, and to make serious impressions on a film. Am I lying? Pinhole camera. I mean, if you've learned about pinhole camera, you know what I'm saying. So, the impression of images on sensitive light films for permanent keeps through light. It's for permanent keeps. You talk pictures for permanent, you have permanent keeps in mind. Isn't it? Depending on your device, it can be permanent or not. But the device we have, our pinhole camera is more permanent. It's not, it's not like the one that they've been using to take the pictures. So what he's saying is that as you look at the word of God, the word of God ministers light. Because you need, without light, your picture, you can't take your picture. The light is what causes that image to be impressed upon the film. So the word of God is the light of God that impresses images concerning the word of God upon your memory, your imagination. That causes you to see the word of God as you are supposed to. When you see the word of God, it's called revelation. Revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. That is revelation. 
causing you to make the right choice at all at all times. Because just when you're about to make the choice, that image comes back to you that you are supposed to go along this line and it will show you and you go along that line. Wisdom is the ability not to regret your, your former actions. That's wisdom. Your ability not to re- sometimes you sit down, ah, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have, you should know that you're not working in wisdom. But if you're working in wisdom, when you remember what's happened, you will know that you did the right thing. You will tango, ah, I did the right thing. Wisdom is working in you. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have signed this document. I shouldn't have done this. That is regret. So as you look at the word of God like that, the fortison effect happens. Light is imprinted onto your imagination abilities. Okay? Yes, Master. And that in turn informs, there are several things that it does for you. If that thing can happen, if you can open, that is why he says, open down my eyes that, may, that I may behold wondrous things in thy word. What is he saying? As I look at it, as I look at the word of God, the light comes and brings that image to me. And it causes me to open, my mind is open to see what exactly God is saying in his word. That is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And these are the things it does for you. Can I show it to you? Yeah. Back to Ephesians chapter 1, we're reading verse 18. Let's read it and see what it does. So, the sort of wisdom and revelation does what? It brings the fortizo effect. The entrance of thy word giveth light and giveth understanding unto the simple. It giveth a good mental putting together unto the simple. Who is the simple? A simple is a, is a foolish person. Someone who is simple minded is a foolish person. You don't know what, but the word of God has an ability to make you wise. How does it make you wise? By imprinting on you images. Into your imagination. Permanently. That becomes controlling. It controls you. <laughs> you know your life is controlled by the images you have. Yeah. That's why we say that oh, a, man, a man's thoughts are, his, are, are him. The man is controlled by his thinking. Uh, as a man thinks, so is he. Now the word of God imprints onto you thinking. Imaginations that cause you to produce results. The way God will have you produce results. So the first thing it does is that. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. Look at this. It says, the eyes of understanding being enlightened, then semicolon. What does semicolon mean? Semicolon means that I'm coming to show you what this particular thing does. That's what he says. That's what it does for you. He says, so that you may know what's the hope of his calling. That is the first thing that the wisdom of God will do for you. You, you begin to become aware of the hope of his calling. What is the hope of his calling? The hope of the transfiguration of our bodies. It's imp- the wisdom of God, eh? if it doesn't do that for you, that is why there are some things that God must do for you. If you're exposed to the word of God, it must do some things for you. Go to 1 Corinthians 8. 1. Now as touching the things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Then it says, knowledge perfect up, but love edifieth. And if any man thinketh that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. Next verse. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. Go, go, to, go up. Go to verse 1. Let's read the Amplified. From verse 1 to verse 2. Now about food offered to idols, of course, we know that all of us possess knowledge concerning these matters. Yet, mere knowledge. So he, what I want you to see is that we are not talking about just mere knowledge of the scriptures. If you are allowing the word of God to come to you, Okay, it will impress on you what he really wants for you to have. Concerning this matter, yet mere knowledge causes people to be puffed up, to bear themselves loftily and be proud. But love, affection, and God will and benevolence edifies and builds up and encourages one to grow to his full stature. Verse 2. If anyone imagines that he has come to know and understand much of divine things without love, 
He does not yet perceive and recognize and understand as strongly and clearly, nor has he become as intimately acquainted with anything as he ought or is ne- as is necessary. Are you seeing it? Since the mere knowledge that causes you to be part of that. But the knowledge that comes by virtue of love causes you to... Basically, I want you to see this, that God has an intention for the word of God. They are intense for the... God doesn't just share the word of God with us. God doesn't just want us to read the Bible. There is intent. He has intent for exposing you to the word. You understand? And one of the major intents of God for exposing you to the word of God is that you will be aware of the hope of his calling. I see what I'm talking about. So as you let... The word of God causes you to get close to God and causes you to fall in love with God. And causes, fall in love with God is what causes you to have hope of his coming. John chapter 14, verse 21. It says, he that has my commandments and keepeth them. He that has my commandments and what? And keepeth them. He it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. Verse, verse 20, 23. Go to 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him and will come unto him and make an abode with him. So if you love God, what do you do? You keep his word, doesn't it? Yeah. So as you are studying the word of God, the fortiso effect that you have ultimately is the love of God. Your love for the Lord begins to increase. And as the love of your love for the Lord begins to increase, you are exposed to the hope of his calling. That's why some people, people know the scriptures, but they don't, they don't like Jesus. That's what happens when you just learn it from a school. So there are people who have gone to theological seminary and all that. But they don't have the fortizo effect. Are you getting it? They don't have the, they just, it's just a mental putting together. Their dialogismus was what was activated. But this one is, he's activating your dianoia. The first thing it does for you is that it exposes you to the hope of his calling. Then the next thing is that, look at the next verse, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. It says, and that you may know what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. It exposes you to the riches of the glory of the inheritance that you have in the saints. Look at Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And now I commend you to God and to the, it says, now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Are you it? Says, and the word of his grace. The word of his grace says, which is able to build you up and give you what? Give you what? An inheritance among all that are sanctified. So this is what the word of God, the fortiso effect of the word of God brings you your inheritance and brings you into your inheritance. <laughs> so as you expose yourself to the word of God, as you are reading the word of God like that, you are being brought into your inheritance. The inheritance you have no idea of. It exposes you to it. It says, so that we might know the things that are freely given unto us. Which things also we speak. Not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but in the words which the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Yeah. You must preach with absorption in mind. Some people's absorption ends after 45 minutes. So you don't have to go beyond. On a Sunday morning, you don't have to go beyond a certain time. But have you learned anything so far? Yeah. You've learned so much. Wow. That is the next thing is that it brings you into the power of God. That you might know the power. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? 
which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him. It brings you into the power of God. Yeah, it exposes you to the power of God. The power of God brings you into the power of God. Hearing and seeing leads you into the inheritance and into the power of God. The inheritance and the power of God. Can I can I add one small thing to it before we go? One small thing so that we know that just jar so we know we've cleared the side, okay? John chapter 15, verse 3. Jesus says something there. He says, the words that I speak unto you, he says, you are clean. Now, you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. You are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Where is, the, where is the spoken word of Jesus? It's in the Bible now. And it's preached. So we hear, what he's saying here is what we hear. We hear his word through the messages that we are hearing. And through the reading of the scriptures. So the two things I've said are all here. Knowing the scriptures is from these two, is from this thing. Says, now, and this is what happens to you as you know the scriptures, as you hear and you see the scriptures. It says, You are clean. Now you are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Clean. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 says, And husbands love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Isn't it? That he might cleanse it. Next verse, verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. He might sanctify and cleanse it. If you have dirty clothes, what do you do to it? You wash it, isn't it? After washing it, it becomes what? It is cleansed. It is cleaned, isn't it? Now, there are two effects of the hearing of the word and the seeing of the word. It cleanses you. How? By two things. By taking away debt and ministering unto you the fragrance of God. If you use Ariel to wash, you are cleansing the dress, isn't it? There are two things it does. It takes away the debt and it, it imparts onto you a fragrance, a freshness. There are things that there are iniquity, plenty of problems that are around us. Yes, the world is dirty on its own. As you hear the word of God like that, the cleansing effect and the cleansing ability of the word starts acting on you. That he might cleanse it. He might sanctify and cleanse it by the washing of water. How does he sanctify the church? So your sanctification is dependent on your hearing and your seeing of the word. The more you hear the word and the more you see the word, the more you are set apart unto God and the more the impurities of this word are taken out of your life. It's like the... The art of changing a wood into a stone. You know wood can be changed into a stone. Yeah. The wood you see around, it can be changed into a stone. What do they do? They put it in water for a long time. Do you know what the water does to it? The water goes into it and takes out all the things that makes cellulose. It takes it out, all the things that makes it a wood. And it changes it to becoming a, a stone. Now remember, in Ephesians chapter 2, Minerals are imparted to it, and then it becomes a stone. This is body. You done. You did uh, uh, architecture, so you know what I'm talking about. I, not like I'm telling the truth. Okay, we are the stone of God. We are the stones of God. We are meant for the using of God. So as you are hearing the word of God like that, the word of God says you are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. As you are hearing the word, watching the word like that, the word of God is sifting you out, taking out the things that are not supposed to be there, and imparting unto you. The ability to become a stone. Yeah. 
So this scripture in Ephesians chapter, if Ephesians, there's one in Ephesians chapter two. Let's read verse twenty-two. This is the year of the word. So you should be exposed to the word. Twenty-two. Let's read from verse twenty-one. Twenty. All this is true. Okay. He says, and we are built up upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Next verse. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto the unto an holy temple in the Lord. Verse 22. In whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. He says we are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. We are, we are being built as an habitation of God. How? Through the Holy Ghost. How does the Holy Ghost do that? The Holy Ghost does that through the Word of God. So the Word of God is the material that God uses to convert you from being. Because wood represents humanity. Wood in the Bible represents humanity. But God will not inherit your humanity for anything. He doesn't like that. He wants you to become a stone. How is he going to get you into a stone? Through the Word of God. As you hear the word of God, the cleansing ability takes out all the impurities, all the things, all the spots, all the wrinkles, all the things that makes you normal, makes you a human being, and impress onto you the ability of God to become a stone. The fragrance of God. So anybody who reads the Bible a lot carries a certain presence because it is imparted unto him. Yes, it's, it's imparted to you. You carry a certain beauty, a certain presence, a certain fragrance because you have been washed, you have been cleansed, you have been made, you have been, oh, your, your life is different. You are not afraid in life. You are not afraid of what man can do to you because the word of God is indwelling you. Listen, the Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. This year, you must decide that the word of Christ is going to dwell in me richly. How? Through seeing and through hearing. Expose your ears to the word this year. All through, listen, have, have, make a resolution for yourself that every day I will listen to a message. Not 30 minutes, not, I will listen to a message. When I'm eating, I'll be listening. When I'm drinking, I'll be listening. When I'm bathing, I'll be listening. There should be a message playing all around you every time. Watch how your life will be. I see you galloping in glory to the glory of God. I see you being transfigured and being transformed to the image of a son. As you listen to the word of God and as you see the word of God, it is practical. Let it come to your ears. Let your eyes behold it. And the Lord will push you from one level of glory to the other. Begin to pray and thank God for what he has shared with you. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.